This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divided. We're recording on November 2nd, uh, the night of Game 4 in the World Series. Um, tonight we're joined by Dave Keith. Matt, I'm your host, Rick. All right, guys. Well, we're going to start right there. Game 4 of the World Series. Uh, Billy's up 2-1. Uh, Matt, you missed it last week. We all made our predictions. Um, those two that were here took the Astros. I think I was the only guy that took the Phillies, even though they said my heart wants the Phillies to win, but I'm going to take the Astros. Uh, say it again. And I, I hope said, you're right. I, hope you're I said, right. I don't care. Phillies are winning. They're too hot. But um, just to touch a little MB- MLB, uh, like I said, Phillies took a com- commanding 2-1 lead. Not really in the se- the season or the series commanding, but seven uh, seven nothing win last night. Seven hits for the Phillies. All seven runs were scored off the home run, um, which we spent a while talking about last week about how baseball is boring because it's home runs, strikeouts, or walks, and it's pretty much what it was last night too. Any any takes? Oh, just rooting for the Phillies, you know, along with not, uh, they, they most of the country. What's that? They may not have to go to Houston. Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? That that would be so sweet. If they stay the bats stay hot, they're they're they're. <clears throat> well, Dave, don't jinx them. They're being no hit right now through uh through an inning. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> So we're on no hitter watch. (laughs) Yeah. The Astros already have two hits. Watch out. Uh, But well, if that that um, becomes a tiebreaker, I guess the Phillies are in trouble. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think in recent memory. Is is there I don't even think I have to hold this to the MLB. Can anybody remember one single team that has been so hot and so dominant at home in a playoff run than the Phillies have been this year? Yeah, not off the top of my head. I mean, like, I know, mean and, and one thing that pops in my mind, I mean, you know, also, too, and this seems to be in just about every sport, but I don't know if I could say especially baseball, when a team gets hot, I mean, they, they usually do the deal, man. I mean, you know, they don't all of a sudden – you know, the wheels don't just fall off the last couple of games. I and mean, they've been hot the entire postseason and they got it going. And it just feels like it's a kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. When you get yeah. that's a bit extreme, but you know, well, no, but I mean, that's true. Right. What was that, Matt? 
you get a you get a team song to go along with it too. Isn't well, it? They, <laughs> they may have stolen that from the 2018 Red Sox. They were playing that apparently. Oh, okay. Uh, what is your what is your song? Um, go ahead, Matt. By myself or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of swagger. I tell you, when you know, yesterday when uh, Harper walked up for the first time, he just looked like he was going to hit the first pitcher all around. I mean, it just well, he just crushed. It. I mean, so the song is "Dancing on My Own." But um, I don't know if anybody saw the breakdown on Twitter and throughout the MLB a bit about how McCullough McCullers was tipping his pitch so bad. That's why. So every time he was throwing a breaking ball, his knee got up to like his chest. And when he was throwing a fastball, it barely got to his waist. I didn't see that. Well, that, that and then that, the Phillies. So that, that's why you look at it and you see he hit the Harper hit that home run. The first thing he did, he went down the line, gave everybody high fives, instantly went back to the top of the step and said, Boom, come here, come here, come here. And yeah. started talking to him. First pitch, what did Boom do? See you later. Yeah, that and a all those home runs off were, of him were, uh, yeah. I think, part of it. Yeah, all of those home runs were first pitch too. Yep, all no, that's interesting. The pitch. They talked. They talked about it. Uh, ben Verlander had a breakdown on Twitter. Also, Justin Verlander's brother, who works for Fox, he had a he had a vid, couple of video breakdowns showing showing what exactly was going on. Um, but so we'll move on from the World Series right now. It's zero zero. Uh, Harper just walked. Cassianos is down 0-2 in the count um, in the top in the bottom of the second. A uh, couple news and notes for our teams. Uh, we'll start with what I could have told you, but everybody in national media was trying to scare you. Nolan Arenado opted into his contract for five more years with the Cardinals. Really don't understand why that was such a yeah. I think people were trying to make that a thing. And- yeah. It and he's just, like, I, I love it here. I've loved it here. Never even an inkling anywhere. Though. I mean, I mean, well, just the national media guys kept trying to say there was. Or, because then I think what it was was I think it's some of these other free agents that are coming up next year whose agents were trying to be like, oh, yeah, he might opt out so he can get really paid because, you know, that's what he should do because he's a superstar. Again. Well, he's never not been a superstar, and he's making $28 million. Right. Like, like, is he really going to go somewhere? Okay, what's maybe one more year at that amount? But, like, he's not going to get some – $42 million deal like they're trying to set, you know. Yeah, I mean, you might get somebody who be paying him, I don't know, 32, maybe 35, but, but you know, then year, uh, you know, number of years, he's not going to get uh, as many. I mean, he, he, he was in a great situation, you know, yeah. and it, it's, it's uh, and I don't want to say this just because I'm a Cardinals fan, but it was a, a little bit, and it, I mean, the money is crazy. But it's a little refreshing to see somebody say, hey, you know, I don't think he said this is enough money, but hey, I'm doing okay. And I, I think what this also was. says, I think this is what, what, what this also says is you expect the Cardinals to make a couple moves because I don't think, right. I think that was all part. I think the whole, his comment to Mosellock was, hey, this whole experiment on my left side with Paul DeYoung, yeah, that's over. We need to figure something out, whether it's, Trey Turner, or you go get a short or a second baseman, and you move Edmund. That we were we're doing something other than one yeah. one fifty two. Paul DeYoung to my left. Yeah, Mo- Mosellock's trip to uh, Southern California was uh, yeah 
uh, a little bit of, uh, yeah, you know, please stay, but, uh, yeah, a little bit going both ways, reassuring, yeah. uh, uh, Arenado, we're going to do some Arenado also essentially demanding, Hey, you know, uh, another bat in the lineup, uh, and whether that's, yeah, the shortstop you're talking about and, you know, maybe an ACE starting pitcher, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to like the Grom and Turner. That'd be a, that'd be a good start. Yeah, because that, that's one thing the Cardinals don't have, and that's what the postseason uh, shows. And and you knew every year, not just this year, but I mean, the Cardinals have decent pitching depth, and uh, but they don't have that guy, and uh, and they haven't for a long, long time. And most people don't. <laughs> yeah, most people don't, but the teams that do. Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but I don't even know if the Cardinals, they don't even really need like a premier, premier ace, what they haven't had for a while. I mean, Wainwright's kind of has a mindset still, but he doesn't have like the stuff like they need. They need like another bulldog. Like Chris Carpenter wasn't a, you know, top five pitcher in the game, but he was a very, very, you know, more than adequate number one. And I think right now they have just a couple low end adequate number ones. They don't have, you know, like in the way the Cardinals have always done it, besides Bob Gibson, they really have never had a, a, a horse horse type thing. They've always had, you know, more of a quality quantity factor instead of just one or two big giant yeah. type things. Yeah, so not a one that's... A, they, they might have a one a one B maybe. Yeah. Is, uh... yeah, they don't have a true number one, but they have three number <clears throat> they have three one A's type things in their rotation usually. Right now, I think they have about three one C's, which I think is the issue. Yeah. But I think back to your original point is that yeah, the bottom line is uh I'm sure Arenado got some assurances that uh they're not gonna be sitting on their hands this offseason. Yeah, and then Mosellock said that the payroll will be going up. Mm-hmm which is always reassuring when, you know, I mean, I honestly think this might be in my lifetime, this might be the most pivotal off season in Cardinals baseball history, because you lose two cornerstone legacy players in Molina and Pujols. How are you going to, I mean, you have Arenado and Goldschmidt. I'm not talking about, but how are you going to fill those, yeah, Aaron Adler and Goldsmith yeah. were the best two players on the team. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but you lost two left. Right. Yeah, yeah. How are you gonna How are you gonna fill that? And again, Aaron Otto and they. I'm not saying you don't have guys that the fans love in Aaron Otto and Goldschmidt, but how? Like, it's a little different. Like how you know? Like yeah, you still have Wainwright, but who's where's that next generation of ten plus Cardinal years type guy coming from? You know, like yeah. who's it gonna be? You know, what is your leader on the field, too? Well, I think your leader on the field, I think, is wearing number 28 playing third base. I think, I think that's hands down without yeah. a doubt. He's he's, yeah, he's gonna guy. step and in and do that. Gold, mm-hmm. Goldschmidt's the same, Goldschmidt, too. I think those guys they lead by example. And the other guy that I would say is probably right up there with them is Edmund, just because he busts his ass non stop. Yeah, well, and that's the guy I'm looking for that's there, not so much the the lead by example, because that you know that would be like if you look at the White Sox, that would be a braille, you know, type like, type thing. But you know they're looking for a leader. I mean, you know, he, you know, he comes with you know basically their leader on the field has been Contreras. I mean, all, all things being equal, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. And so it's that 
it's that personality type thing. I mean, and also the fact that I still just have this bad feeling in my mind. So somehow they're going to go after you guys are going to go after him and just get past it, the, the you know the receiving part. I don't know. Sean, Sean Murphy, booking now. He will be the starting catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. We we seem to fleece DAs all the time. Here comes another one. What's it going to take to get? Yeah. I don't know, but it won't be enough. <laughs> Maybe Paul DeYoung and a couple, couple, uh, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, realistically, if you that that would be a deal where you try to give Paul DeYoung away and you maybe give him Juan Yepes and a couple prospects that are right on the cusp type of thing, like an, an Alec Burleson mm-hmm. who hit 310 or something, whatever he hit in AAA, and then, uh, yeah, you know, some somebody like that, maybe even an Andrew Kisner to catch for him or something. You know, I, I mean, yeah, and that, that's a good thing about the Cardinals right now and their their minor league system. They have some depth, uh, and they, they from top to some, bottom, from A yeah. to triple A, they have enough depth. It, it doesn't it look it doesn't look good now that they didn't blow all of that on Juan Soto. Well, I think that was yeah. the whole point. I think the whole mm-hmm. point was they would. They would have rather mortgaged the future for Juan Soto. I think they just didn't want to give up. I think they had already had in place the Bader trade for Montgomery, and they did not want to give up Carlson in that too because then they would have had nobody playing center field. And I think that's why the whole deal fell apart for the Cardinals because they knew they were already going to move Bader. Because Mosella came out and said, he said, we pretty much had this deal done for Montgomery on Sunday. He was starting on Monday, and the Yankees wanted him to start there because of the pitching they were adding. And as long as he didn't get hurt, that deal was happening, and that's what happened. You know, like it just – Yeah, I, I think th- that deal was – I think they're way fine. better off. I mean, they, if you're going to make a run at it for this one year, that would have that would have been the, maybe the move to make. But, I mean, well, there's no guarantee Soto I mean, is going to be the guy he was his first two years either. No, yeah, but he I also think exactly lights out here in the yeah when he well, in his time. Is not, is not no, right. well, and you got to think he also left a pretty hitter friendly park in Washington and is now in one of the most uh, unfriendly hitter parks in uh, Petco. But I don't think the Cardinals would have ever made that trade either, unless they already knew Soto would like unless Soto had already agreed. Yes, I'm going to sign a ten year deal type of thing. Like that just wasn't a Cardinals trade though, because you know, well, it is it is if they have him locked up. It is if they would have had like the like the Matt Holiday thing where they traded three top five prospects in their organization for Matt Holiday and they already known that he was going to resign, right. like that. That would have that would have been the only stipulations to it, or like Arenado re-upping his contract when he got traded from the Rockies. Yeah, they put in the option that he just turned down, but they also extended it for two more years, which is why it's now five years instead of just three more. You know, like or they traded for Goldschmidt and signed him instantly before he played a game like though that would have been the deal for Soto if he was already agreed to sign but yeah without signing no it's not really a mosaic lock he, it's a Walt Jockety type of move because he did it all the time with Jim Edmonds and Scott Rowland and McGuire but it's not a it's not a John Mosaic lock move no. yeah how do you feel about like a 10-year contract too I, I don't I just don't know that I I, I mean the 10-year contract's looking pretty good for Bryce Harper well, yeah. Yeah. we're in year four, and he's delivered well, he's them to the World of, Series. He's one of the few. Yeah. Well, that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it mm-hmm. depends on who you're looking at it for. 
Yeah. A ten-year contract worked out for Max Scherzer in Detroit and Washington. Or in, sorry, not in Detroit and Washington. Was yeah. he still? Did Brian get eight from the Rockies? Is that what he had? I think it was seven. I think. How's that one looking right now? Yeah. Well, that was just that dumb. Anyway, I mean, that's the I again uh, not understanding what the Rockies are doing. You trade Nolan Arenado because you don't want to <laughs> build around him, and then you go give the same money to Chris Bryant. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, some of the other ten-year deals that I can think of off the top of my head, like I don't know the ten-year deal for Pujols. the the original ten-year deal for Pujols when he was in St. Louis worked out. The second time. Didn't, but I think the Angels gave him the extra three years to make sure they got him, yeah. knowing that that final couple years was going to be a disaster. But yeah, I'm just, you know, I, my mindset isn't like ten year contract is just. Uh, I don't. I, don't I, I just think it depends on how old the guy is. Right. Yeah, and then what does their injury history look like and everything? But it's, yeah, you know, it's. You also got to – you're betting, though, that you can – you're getting a couple of these – you know, if you're giving it to them early enough, you're betting that you're buying out some more expensive years, you yeah. know. You almost have to get somebody before they would normally hit free agency because otherwise, if they're, if they're 27 and you go to 37, there's just not that many guys. Well, I, I think know, if you're doing 34, that – 35, 36 that are pounding it. Yeah. If yeah. you're doing that, you're giving them those couple extra years because you want them so bad right now, and you're hoping to lower that AAV so you'll take the couple years of crap on the on the backside to have them help and be at a lower amount so you might be able to do like if you're yeah. say the Cardinals or a team that worries about a budget, not the not the Yankees or not the Dodgers type of thing, you know. Right. Yeah. It probably helps a little bit now too with the universal DH where you could. You don't necessarily need them to play a position. Yeah, give you more options. Valuable later on in their career, mm. or yeah, through in not only near the end of their career, but through their whole career, where you can give them a couple of days here or there. Yeah. Of hey, we just want your bat in the lineup. Here's yeah. a couple those days. Long, of those long whatever. deals. I mean, they kill you at the end when the guy can't hit, and he, he isn't worth anything to trade, and he's got the big salary kill you on, on the salary cap. I mean, on the cap. The Haywards of the world. Uh, and, and, you know, for three years, just handicapped the crap out of you. Then you can put them out, keep putting them out there, but it's results all the same. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to the other news for one of our teams. Uh, it's not reported officially by the team itself, but Buster Olney is reporting that the White Sox have a new manager. And uh, when did he do that? I didn't hear this. <laughs> yeah. Pedro oh, Griffol. Kansas City, yeah. Yeah, the bench coach from the Ro- the Royals. I mean, people were like two days ago talking to people about I, it, the the White Sox have not said anything yet, but that's also a rule that there's not there's not supposed to be any major team announcements yeah, during, during the, the World, World Series. Series. Yeah. Well, Lance Lynn was on the score today, and he already spent uh, almost an hour with uh, the new guy on the phone. So yeah. I know nothing yeah. about this guy, so that's this is first time. Oh, uh, he's never first time managing. Yeah. I bet he's been a bench coach the last three years in Kansas City, but yeah, for Mike Matheny, I've never heard of the guy, but but he's not. Um, he's not inside. He's yeah. not Ozzy. Yeah. He's not uh, Piersinski, you know, and he's not Tony. Not, Jim, so. not Jim Tomey. Not not yeah. some guy coming out of a 
He's been on a field the past couple of years. The Not some guy who's been wearing a suit and tie. A little bit is Kansas City just hired. He he was there, and they hired somebody else. Yeah, so yeah, I, well, maybe, yeah, maybe he, but I mean, go outside. Who knows? Maybe he was like, I don't want to be in Kansas City anymore. This place yeah. sucks. It could be a, it's a better opportunity. At this, I point. can only look at these fountains so much. <laughs> <It's> beautiful, <laughs> but then, but that's Joe Espada too. I guess he was high on everybody's list, and then now nobody wants him. Huh? That's the bench coach for the Astros. I don't know if there's some. Well, I don't know or. Well, they mentioned this last week. To, or is he just waiting it out? Like, is Dust if if they win, does Dusty Baker does he already know Dusty's retiring? That's mm-hmm. my guess. You know. Yeah. Now, if they don't win, I maybe it's a different story. Yeah. But oh, we talked about like last week, Skip Schumacher leaving the Cardinals to go manage the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Is that really the best best thing for Skip to be a skipper at? You know. And that was the only the only other coach that's being retained. For for a guy that's not been officially announced, that the staffs all said uh, they're keeping the pitching coach, the Sox. All the other coaches have been let go. Yeah, oh, even Cats, right? Yeah, yeah, he's good, and he's he's had a you know he's he's helped a lot of our pitchers get to where they're, especially Dylan Cease and they, they even is that the former former catcher? Right, he just retired a couple years ago. Cats, is that that guy? Um, Fairly yeah, young guy. He's with the Giants for for a high school pitching coach for uh, Giolito. Yeah. <laughs> uh not the same guy. No. Eric Katz is the base is a catcher that I was thinking of. Yeah, he, there was yeah, another he, pitch. He had another pitcher in that high school. I can't remember what it was. Uh, there's three of them. It's yeah. Giolito, Max Fried, and Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty. Yeah, so. That was that was a high school staff. Imagine Jack that. Flaherty, Max Fried, <laughs> Lucas Giolito. Good night, and they didn't win the state time. They didn't win the state championship in California that year. Go figure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think the, there's. I don't know if it's gonna happen, or I I don't really see it happening. But there's some rumors that Miguel Cairo could be the bench could replace Skip Schumacher here in St. Louis as the bench coach because. He's played here, and he kind of go. He played here while Ali Marmel was kind of coming up through the system as a, as a player too. Knows him decently, kind of like Pujols did. There's also speculation that Matt Holiday is going to be the hitting coach, which I actually wouldn't mind. He's done a he's done an unreal job developing a first overall pick in his son and a top five overall pick in two years in his other son. And then also uh, Oklahoma State had the highest highest batting average in college baseball this past year, which is where he's been for the past two years too. So wouldn't be wouldn't be opposed to Matt Holiday, I guess, here in St. Louis. Um, we'll move on to the Gold Glove winners that were announced yesterday. Um, so Matt, how does it make you feel that there in the American League there were? Uh, Four gold glove winners from Cleveland. Two of them being in the outfield, one at second base, and then the pitcher, Shane Bieber. It showed. Yeah. I mean, that's why they were where they were, right? It's, uh, their team wasn't great. I'm just saying, and all, all four of these guys, Shane Bieber, uh, Andres Jimenez is a second-year guy. Yeah. Uh, Miles Straw is a second-year guy. And Stephen Kwan is a rookie. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it makes you. So they're all on cheap deals for a long time too. Yeah, right. 
No, I know, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it. They had a they had a good team, you know. It's they they turned it around pretty quick and made a few good moves, uh, and you know shipped out players at the right time and got other ones back. So it's uh. They've been shipping out pitchers for a decade, and they yeah. still keep coming up with new ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they're like the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. do you think of the stats yeah. they can have right now? Oh my God! Yeah. Other other winners, uh, catcher Jose Trevino from the Yankees, first first base Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from the Blue Jays, third baseman uh, Ramo, uh, Ramon Urios from Baltimore, Short, uh, shortstop Jeremy Pena from Houston, right field Kyle Tucker from Houston, and the utility man DJ LeMayhew from the Yankees. For the American League. Uh, from the National League, Max Freed, the aforementioned Max Freed that we just talked about, uh, won the pitcher one for the Braves. Rio Muto, the catcher. Uh, Christian Walker from the Diamondbacks won first base. We'll get to him in a second. Brennan Rogers uh, won second base in Colorado. Dansby Swanson, Atlanta shortstop. Ian Happ, left field from the Cubs. Trent Grisham. Center field from the Padres, Mookie Betts, right fielder from the Dodgers. The St. Louis Cardinals had Brandon Do- Brendan Donovan win the utility glove and Nolan Arenado win his 10th at third base. Is he not that good, Dave? He, he made him so I think, you know, when they had him on today and they were going through the stats that they go through, he had 11 more runs saved than the closest, the next closest guy. Wow. In left field. <laughs> I mean, oh, Christian Yelich was also a finalist, though, and I don't know how the hell he was a finalist. Yeah, was so that just goes to show, like, where all the votes went was pretty yeah. much the one. Because yeah, like the year when Marcel Azuna no was, was, uh, yeah, was, was one of the was, biggest uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, so actually, you know who he made him? So he's a, a really good athlete. You're talking about a guy who's a scratch golfer, you know, and stuff like. I mean, in, and everything else, he's a really good athlete. And he, like he said on the radio, he said I had the advantage of playing. 152 games in left field. So I got, I wasn't moved around a lot this year. I wasn't that type of stuff. So you really, you know, got to know all the nuances and stuff. But he he was that good this year. He's, if you go back about three years, when they were moving him between second and center and left and right, he's very average at that point. But he's, he's made himself into a really good outfielder. So I do have one question, though. This year, this is the first year I've thought it. Is the gold glove voting a little broken this year? I'll tell you why when after you guys answer. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the guy that was had the second highest war for defense play shortstop for the Cubs didn't even make the final four, which is a bunch of crap. Yeah, you know, so well, do you know who received the most gold glove votes out of anybody in the entire American or not entire MLB this season? Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond didn't win a gold glove because he got split between utility, <laughs> shortstop, and second base. Well, that happened, that happened to Baez a couple of years ago. But he was a finalist in two of them. How do you not just say, you know what, we're going to give you one of these two? Yeah. Well, somebody had to make the – well, they have the utility guy. How come he didn't, you know? Because he got his vote split three ways. But he had like the, the it came out, he had like 60,000 more votes than anybody. But that's why they had that utility thing. That's where he should have been. 
but he played – I mean, people vote him at second base. They vote him at shortstop because they thought he was the best second baseman and the best shortstop in the game. So – And then yeah, I mean, the other – other, A couple of years ago, the, same, the, the exact same thing. But it's, he, Baez also wasn't a already returning gold glover. No, no. Like, he, Edmund, like Edmund was. You know what I mean? Was, like yeah. – It was the year Baez – The other thing was Baez was actually – Baez was actually still bouncing around from position to position. Edmund started oh, yeah. at second place, then played almost the entire middle part of the season and the end of the season at shortstop. It wasn't like he was at third this game, like Brennan Donovan, who was at third one game and at first one game and at second one game and in right field and left field. Edmund was, for the most part, until when they sent the young down, he was, until they sent the young down and called up Gorman, he was at second base. They sent the young down and called up Gorman. He moved the shortstop, and that was pretty much the end of it. The other, the other guy that I would say is snubbed was Paul Goldschmidt, and the reason I say that is listen to these stats. Uh, the Gold Glove winning first baseman had a, a one thousand nine hundred or one thousand one hundred ninety-two total chances, had one thousand one hundred and nine putouts, seventy-eight assists. Five errors, 106 double plays, a fielding percentage of 996. Paul Goldschmidt, 100 and or 1,183 chances, so nine chances, nine less total chances, uh, 1,091 putouts. He had 91 assists, so he had 12 or 13 more assists, meaning he started 13 more double plays. He had only one error all season, and he had 100. 28 double plays he was a part of in a fielding percentage of 0.999 and he didn't yeah, that, win the gold that's, glove. That's hard. When you have one error as an infielder. <laughs> uh, I was a little shocked. Like I like looked at it. I'm like, okay, let's just see like how much better Walker was. Cause I, until I looked at the numbers, I didn't think he was snubbed. I looked, I'm like, wait, Goldschmidt had one air all season in 1,183 Total chances. Like opposite, one thousand one hundred eighty-three times he touched the ball, he had one air. I'll teach him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have no errors if you're gonna win the Gold Glove. You know. Yeah. What, what's up with that? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Again, I didn't think he was snubbed until I saw it. Like until I looked at the stats on somebody posted it on Twitter. Like, how did he not win? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And then they like deep dived in. I'm like. Oh, he also let all he also let all first basemen in defensive runs saved, which I'm like, which is a stat that it's just a stat. I, I think it helps as like a team defense thing. I don't think it really should tell you so much about if a guy's a gold glover or not, because it also depends on how they're getting positioned in plays. But, but yeah, that was my little rant. Just the fact that I couldn't believe the guy who had one air all season didn't win the gold glove after again, after winning it last year. Yeah, and almost what he was uh, MVP, right? Or... Well, not yet officially, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. The more and more people are talking, <laughs> it's like they're gonna, it's gonna somehow be a split between Arenado and him, and Machado's gonna end up with the MVP, yeah. and I'm gonna be pissed. It's that's like the people that get too caught up in like they get in the numbers and the, the checklist yeah. thing and they don't take a step back and be like, Oh, well, duh, he was the best player. Like this is obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like well, I just think about like splitting, you know, Arenado and Goldschmidt splitting the vote. I mean, if, if you look at it, uh, 
splitting the vote in the sense that, yeah, Goldschmidt should get your first place vote and Arenado should get your second or third place vote. It, it, you know, Arenado had a great season, but overall did not have the same impact and in, in stats and everything else compared to uh, Goldschmidt. They shouldn't be splitting first place votes in my mind. No. Well, that's the thing with the MVP is that's not what that's not the way it happens. You just get a point total for however many times you can put on the ballot. Right. No. Which is an issue in itself, too. The fact that you get assigned points, you could be voted every single time as a number two and still win the MVP because your quote point total mm-hmm. weighed, weighed more. Yeah. Or had a better on, point yeah. total. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, guys. Want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com, and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. But we'll move on from uh, MLB. We will talk some NBA. Uh, Just one thing um, about the association, as they like to be referred to. Um, (laughs) Matt, since when – I shouldn't say this. That was going to be a bad question. I was going to say since when, but we all know since when. Um, But how do you fire a coach – Eight games into seven games into a, an NBA season. Why did you even bring him back? I just I don't I. We're talking about Steve Nash. I'm being glad let go you by asked the question because I feel like it's like tainting his career. You know, like people don't believe how good of a player he was and probably how good of a coach he is. I I think you're just in a bad situation with players like Kyrie Irving and James Harden that don't want to be there, and obviously Kevin Durant is asking to be let go, you know, and, and trade it and all. It's like, what are you supposed to do? Right? Well, I, and he'll yeah, not right. only that, he, like he wants to be a manager somewhere else, he'll get another job. But then you go out and you say you're going to hire this guy that the, the Celtics ousted because he did something. Yeah, we were going to avoid that. I was going to try to avoid that. Oh, well, you can't though, <laughs> because it's like the elephant in the room. And the thing is, is like, I feel like they let him go and whatever happened happened and nobody really He's not technically let go, right? He's just suspended. He didn't get fired. No, I think uh, I thought, sure thought they gone. just suspended him for a year. No, I think they did, but then I think they Did I miss where they then I fired they him? him? And then they looked into it and they got rid of like he, he's gone. Gotcha. Yeah, there was like a part two as like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. You're gone. <laughs> and then so but you know, I think his whole story kind of went under the rug and nobody talked about it, and it is what it is. They moved on, but then now you get the stupid gnat to like like go and just grab him, and now now they're gonna he's gonna have to stand up in front of people and he has to answer all these questions. It's like wow, I don't it's gonna be a circus. What did you do wrong? Yeah, it's bad. And I don't think Steve Nash is to blame for any of it, but he's the guy that's being, you know, thrown No, away. I mean like like it, it goes into almost like the whole Miami Dolphins situation of like losing on purpose. Like, how do you not know? How do you, can you not say that Durant and them aren't losing on purpose to get them out? Yeah, that too. You know, I, it's, and it's a little easier to lose on purpose in the NBA. You just miss a couple more shots. Yeah. 
in yeah. the last couple yeah. minutes because the game yeah. the game comes down to it anyway. Yeah, and it's just a few people can make that big of a difference, you know. Throw a few bad passes, it. voila. Yeah. So I, or, I or that's the case, but I don't. I just I don't think. Or you intentionally hack somebody to dr- get them to the line a little bit more, like. Yeah, and it's just it. Kyrie Irving is is not a good player to have on your team. They got you know James Harden's gone now, but he was there. Like that was never gonna that was never gonna go anywhere from the beginning. So it was just uh, it's it's a mess. And you just have a billionaire owner that's like, go buy everything, go buy the buy everybody you want, you know. And it just doesn't work. Like that's not how you build a winning franchise and team. But you know, it's it's look at the the Lakers are in the same boat too. You know, you you try to ride LeBron James as long as you can, and you're you're bringing in coaches and get rid of coaches that are all good coaches. But it's not the coaches that are the problem; it's the players. You know? it's, yeah, well, you know, the one thing that those teams both have in common is they're ran by uh, non-management people. They're ran by players, aka LeBron and Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and it's 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 ugly. Uh, it's ugly, but the Bulls are looking pretty good as a whole. So we can uh, at least you know, right now I think they're up by ten to fifteen over the Charlotte Hornets. Um, so yeah, we beat the Celtics. Beat the uh, yeah, and, and uh, Zach Levine two nights ago. I think it was two nights ago or last night, two nights ago. He like had twenty some points in the fourth quarter to take out the Nets. Yeah, for mentioned Nets, we were just talking about. So that was uh, that was fun to watch. Right after they got rid of uh, Steve Nash, so the Bulls went and just kind of put the nail in it and said, "All right, see you later." So that was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but like, are the Bulls really going to finish any higher than they sit technically in the playoffs, which are like six or seven? It's early. I mean, I mean that's a, but that's the thing that sucks, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe they make a move in this, later on in the season. But what they've got so far with their bench and Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic and Kobe White's actually looked like he took another step this year. They've got some some good players coming off the bench now, so it's uh, it's definitely a much deeper team than they had in the past. Um, so we'll see. And then you you kind of hold out hope that Lonzo Ball does come back at some point. That's a huge addition to this team. So. Why not? I'm not saying that they can, you know, you know, be going to go to the playoffs and make some noise this time. That that's a step forward, I think. So, win around. Yeah, win around. That's that's to me, that's a that's a good season right there. You know, and who knows? Like you said, you get Lonzo back and maybe they make one move at the trade deadline. I don't know. You know, you well, know, you know, the pivotal or the the whole question that's always said or not the question the comment that's always said if the playoffs ended today they'd be in the playing game playing the hornets so hopefully they can win at least that round yeah well they yeah. <laughs> they're winning today so yeah no i mean they're they're tied with atlanta toronto washington and them all have and boston all have four wins it just comes down to the bulls have played eight games Celtics have played six. Toronto, Atlanta have played seven, and I don't know. Washington has played eight, also, but somehow the Wizards sit above the Bulls. I guess based off of 
No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, we'll move on to a little bit of hockey. Um, the Boston Bruins are out to a historic start for the Bruins. They're nine and one with 18 total points after a uh, massive comeback against the Penguins last night. They were down three in the final seven, eight minutes, I think it was, and scored three goals and then won in an overtime. Uh, so Jim Montgomery's got the Bruins flying, um, and they are still missing. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, and uh, they just got Brad Marchant back, who was on long-term IR, too. So something I didn't expect was the Bruins to be leading the division that has Florida and Tampa in it and Toronto in it. But, you know, here we are. The other one thing that I wanted to just ask you guys, um, just to see what your guys' thoughts were, because this media, uh, the media in this city that I'm about to mention is just ridiculous anyways. Um, rumor has it is Barry Trotz just bought a condo in Toronto. Um, he's not from Toronto. He's from Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> the weather's better in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other report is that there's speculation that Kyle Dubas, the Leafs GM, has already been talking to Barry Trotz about maybe being a uh, in-season replacement for Sheldon Keith because the Leafs uh, have – 10 points. They're four, four, and two. Um, and well, we all just know they can't get out of the first round. And Barry Trotz has won a cup with a team that couldn't get out of the first round in Washington. But uh, do you guys, is, is looking into the fact that he bought a condo in Toronto a little bit too much? Or is there smoke where there's, or is there fire where there's smoke? Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're going to stay in Canada, I mean, you know, maybe you know, on the ocean in Vancouver or something. Look at you know, well, especially a guy from he's from Winnipeg and he had the Winnipeg Jets job in his hand and turned it down this offseason. Well, let's put I would imagine if he was all that interested in buying a condo in uh, Toronto, he, he would have done it by now in his life, you know. Yeah. Guy's been <laughs> in hockey for a long time, uh, yeah. Why all the, yeah, you know, yeah, there's nothing, if, if there was anything else there, you know, like. Yeah, the NHL had some big facility there, and he was going to be well, this or that or whatever, you know. The only thing I can say is that is where they run, like, Sportsnet's major hub stuff is in Toronto, so maybe would he be joining the TV broadcast as, you know, a, mm. a guy like Bruce Boudreaux did it for a couple years where he was on, better, on the panels. money in that. <laughs> Yeah, but he probably yeah, wouldn't be buying a condo. He probably less stress they, with the Toronto media. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if that was like a five day a week or five night a yeah. week gig, you know, I don't think it probably he's probably not on that many nights. I mean, you know, he, they're probably putting him up in a nice hotel or paying for it. He's not yeah. going to buy it. He's not going to buy a condo. I just thought that was funny when I saw that come across Twitter today. I'm like, oh, oh, Kyle, Kyle Dubas has finally figured out maybe I should stop hiring my buddy Sheldon Keefe everywhere I go because it didn't work out in the NHL this time. Got rid of Mike Babcock for Sheldon Keefe. Genius. <laughs> uh, speaking of Winnipeg and Winnipeg guys, who would have bet when the year started that the guy leading the Hawks in goals right now would be Jonathan Taze with six? Yeah, true. I don't think he had six goals yet last year until March. <laughs> I'm pretty serious about that. Okay, so Dave, I have a question for you. My question, 
uh, I was watching last night when uh, Stalock got run, and there wasn't a single hawk who did a thing. And you know that what was- that tells me? I'll t- I, can I jump in there real quick? You know what that Absolutely. tells me? And, which is what I thought right away. Yeah. Sezikis had actually no intention to do that. Like, I don't, I know you sent the text, Dave. You never tried to get out of the way. But if you look, Stalock was outside the crease. I don't think – like, it was incidental contact. Shouldn't have happened. I don't think he meant to run him over, which is why I don't think a hawk jumped on him, which is also why – But he, he, didn't didn't avoid, he didn't do anything to avoid him. Anything. Well, he doesn't have to. He If, if Stalock's not there – he he's cutting the net. And he's going around the net. He doesn't touch him. That's the thing. Like I'm a I'm a goalie, and I usually am on the goalie side here. And if if there was a slightest chance that Sezikis would have just clipped the post and hit Stalak, like if he would have just not hit Stalak at all, if he was just going straight to the post, I would be all on your side. I think Sezikis had the two guys on his left side. He couldn't really cut in. He made the backhand play, and he didn't expect Stalak to keep sliding the way he did. And by the time he slid, and he was like. Oh shit! Because you saw right away when he made contact with him, he got up and turned right around to see if he was okay. He wasn't looking to see like, is somebody gonna jump me? You like, you can always kind of see those like little, little tendencies. Like if a guy's really meaning to run a goalie, he's not gonna turn around and then stand yeah. over him like, oh crap, is he all right? You know, like I get it. He got suspended or not suspended? He got fined the max five thousand dollars, which I think that was more because Stalock got hurt. If Stalock doesn't get hurt, I don't think anything really comes of it. I think the – I just think there's more – right now, from what I've watched this year, I've seen more goalies run this year than I've seen in quite some time. I, I, across the board, what game I'm watching. It, well, it, I think some of that is – it's that. been happening. it's been happening more and more throughout the NHL, and I think yep. some of that is because – the NHL has the whole goaltender interference call so messed up that goalies are taking some liberties and getting a little bit outside that crease a couple times to get bumped and then uh, trying to draw – like they're trying to draw a call, plain and simple. And Yeah, and my, and my thing about it last times. night was, you know, and, and I, I, I actually used the wrong uh, language. He, he, I, he didn't run him. I, I agree with you, Rick. Uh, you know, it did not – it didn't have that look – like you know, hey, you know, I. This wasn't Kirk Muller running over Garth Snow in the right, <laughs> in right. The early two thousand. Right, and, and he didn't make any move at all to, to avoid it. But all. he's, I mean, he's he's cutting to the net. He's trying to score. He, he, he doesn't have to. I, I I get that. I I I totally get that. But he by the time he hit him, the two Hawks that were Gary and Gary were behind him. They weren't alongside of him anymore. He was but, by himself. But here's the thing, Dave. If he cuts and then he goes through the crease and bumps him, he's for sure getting a penalty. Oh, so he yeah. was trying to go. He he was trying to go. He was trying to go right past the net. Stalock <laughs> slid a little bit past that. Po- if Stalock, I'll show you. I found the video, or I saw the video from overhead. If Stalock slides and stops at the post like normal, like a normal goalie would, because you're worried about a puck going the other way, Sazikis so goes right by and doesn't touch him. And it was the fact that that he slid just a touch, a touch pot pass. All that aside, though, whether he intended or didn't intend, whether he tried to avoid him, didn't avoid him, you know, what as, as, and I'm not obviously not a Blackhawks fan, but, you know, as a hockey fan, I expected all hell to break loose there, regardless of intention, uh, because he just cleaned the goalie's clock. Well, Well, here's the weird, here's the weird thing on that this year. I think the Hawks have been more responsive 
the crap going on against their team. Now, they did not in the goalie instance, which is, could be another story. I mean, Kane got hit the other night, and Domi came. Yeah. yeah. Basically, oh, yeah. Know. And the same thing mm-hmm. goes, like, guys like Lafferty and some of these smaller guys are getting hit, and they're coming to defense right right away. They didn't do much of that last year. It's uh, why they didn't react here. Yeah. And, I, I was really puzzled. I was really puzzled because uh, they're, they're not light. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I saw the uh, the cane hit, and when Domi reacted, and uh, and I'm I'm not a guy for you know, hey, uh, gooning it up and fighting, you know, uh, it just. Uh, but knowing hockey the way hockey is, what Domi did, uh, I, I thought, hey, that was that was what teams do uh, when nobody responded at all to uh, the goalie thing last night. I was really, really surprised. I mean, the reason uh, they have the record they have, it was, it was a, a better record than they should have, hmm. you know, more likely than that, is they really are playing as a team. I mean, they're, they're playing to their ability. This is, all, this, this is all there is. You can't say they're underachieving or this and that. They're playing to their abilities and, and hmm. above in some instances. Yep. That are there, so that's you know, and it's probably going to cost them at the end of the year, you know, because of the fact they're going to win a few more games than they should, you know, unless they go into a, a big slump. But the team's been, I, I you know, I don't know whether to think it's the coach, you know, or uh, I mean, they certainly believe in the guy, they certainly play for him. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean, you figure they got you know, the n- number of wins they have, they didn't have till December last year, you right. know. So, Colin, you know, and stuff. So it's that part's good. So it, it was a weird reaction with, you know, about the, the goalie thing. But the, the announcers keep talking about Stalock being controversial on the team, and they never explained themselves about what that meant. They started mm-hmm. in the opening game, you know, so that, and they kind of pitched him as an like either an outsider or there was something. He's some baggage he was bringing with him. They never explained what it was. Yeah. You know, well, and and was, that reaction or lack thereof. Uh, he's not yeah, that's actually yeah. that was one of one of my thoughts. But hmm, that that was odd that they didn't do anything, and that just kind of tells me uh, some sort of dynamics in the locker room. Uh, I mean, him know, and Verizing, I mean, neither one will be here next year. I mean, so it's it's strictly mm. placeholders and. So you can you can find your goalie and stuff like that. So whether yeah. it's Soderblom or whether it's the, the kid that's uh, up in uh, Rockford or whatever, we'll have to see. But or they trade for somebody one or the other. Yeah, and interesting though. I just I thought that that just kind of jumped out to me last night. Yeah, it might have also been because it's the Jones brothers, and they're not exactly uh, guys that are willing to get into the dirty areas. <laughs> Caleb and Seth. Oh, it was one of them on the ice because one, the Caleb, was one was on. Caleb was on the ice and uh, it was Jack Johnson. So, two guys, you know, and then what is it? Uh, cat, uh, 14 catch. Uh, I just watched it. What am I? Okay, sure. Yeah, he was on the ice and so was uh, um, why am I blanking on the way 16? Uh, um, the guy that got crushed last year and was out, uh, Kahara. Uh, oh, Kahara, whatever his name is. Yeah, that, yeah, Yoki Haru. Yoki, or... 
No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, uh, the guy was East, obviously, Middle Eastern. The guy who he took that head on hit last year and went down like a bag of yeah. So it was, it was Reese Johnson. Uh, there's your answer, Kahara and Kachuk were the three on the ice with Jack Johnson and Caleb Jones. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just very odd. Not, not exactly your most representative, but so Dave, to your point about. They don't look like a team that's supposed to be out of it. That's that tends to happen early part of this year. Like Wait, with I, these I teams, waiting, I keep waiting for it. You know, well, I, because these guys are all trying to be on. They're trying to get dealt to a contender. At talk, let's talk after Christmas. And unless they're still in the race, then that's where those guys will start being like, okay, we'll mail it in because. I've either already put up enough points, somebody's going to trade for me by the deadline, or I haven't done enough, nobody's going to trade for me by the deadline, and I'm just here. You know, like, you know, but you know, it's also so, early. It's also early, early in the season too. So you just some, never know. There's also some teams that, that overachieve. I'm not. I'm not talking about them making it, even making the playoffs. I'm just talking. About no, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's still early in the year. You never know. They could. I mean, there's there's some guys having pretty good years, uh, and stuff like that. I mean that are. You know, supposedly part of the long term uh, deal. So we'll you know, we'll see where that that all goes. It's just, I mean, like I, I mean, said, I would have never thought that. I would have never thought ten games in New Jersey would be leading the Metro with the Rangers and Carolina and Washington and Pittsburgh and the Islanders. You know, there's some surprise. I mean, obviously, you guys having trouble scoring right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, I bet this is I. People are freaking out here in St. Louis, and I'm like. If this five-game skid happened in December or January, nobody would bat an eye at. Like they part of the five-game skid, Sod has Sod has played one game all year. He got hurt with an upper body injury. Buchnevich played the first game this season and then missed until Thursday. Yeah, he just returned recently. You know, right? mm-hmm. he's only he's only played like three games all year. Like it's just one of those things we already talked about how they had the funky start to the season and then missing some guys. If, if we're still sitting, if we're sitting here in two weeks and we're still talking about, they just don't look like they have any chemistry or any flow. Then I'll start to worry right now. It's just five games. They've, I mean, again, they've only played eight after tonight, every team in the NHL will, every team in the NHL will have played at least Two games more than them, too. Some three, some even four. Which again, back to the whole scheduling thing doesn't make sense, but you know. Yeah, I'm not too worried right now. They're just it's just one of those ruts that I think hopefully I mean, hopefully they get out of it. But again, eight games or six points, there's you know, two like whether to your like the Hawks, they're two two games behind the Hawks. The Hawks uh uh, are two points ahead or four points ahead of them. So the two games in hand win even with them. Same thing with like Winnipeg or Minnesota. You know, it's it's still so early that they win one game and all of a sudden they're sitting at, you know, right there too. But it's been weird for the fact that Colorado has lost, has been like one in one in five or something like that since they started three and one. And they're giving up like a, they gave up a crap ton of goals. And Pittsburgh, 
started out four and one and is now like one and four, one, four and three or something like that. And got outscored like 27 to three or something in, in their, or 20, what was it? Not 27, uh, 17 to three or something like that in their last five games before last night. Like it's, it's just weird. It's weird in the end. Like, I hope it's not going to be like this all year, kind of like the NFL is right now where these weird ebbs and flows happen. And it just, makes everything very hard to predict or talk about because it's just so up and down. But I guess we'll see. Literally the NFL right now. What? That is literally the NFL right now. Yeah. It makes no – whatever you think makes sense, throw it out the window because it's mm-hmm. not going to make sense in a week or two. And but that's what – that's the NHL has been coming too. back down to earth. You have to wait and see what if the Giants follow Yeah. Well, I hope so for my sake. But no, yeah, I mean, it's the NHL is the NHL right now. Um, again, it's still very early. And, you know, we'll see. Also, just, I don't know. It, it's, like I said, it just doesn't make sense kind of right now with some, like, not even just the Blues, just like the way all these teams are going on these, like, NBA style, like winning and losing runs, you know, doesn't make sense, but. Hey fans, I know you like what you hear. So do us a favor, hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles sports divided. We'll move on to some NFL now. Um, Trade deadline was yesterday. Uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast. Uh, I was watching the Pat McAfee show today, and they had mentioned that this season has already had the most or had the most NFL trades in season than any other season in the NFL, um, which we kind of talked about. Like this for the NFL, having six trades on trade deadline is a extremely busy day. You know, it's not the NHL or not the MLB, but you know, six is a is a lot for the NFL is it turning into the like haves and have nots and you know that okay I'm just going to tank for a good pick and go that route and then the other one is back up and it's an arms race to see who can outlast the other you know that's what it feels maybe a little bit but is it also the fact that like the NFL is becoming even more and more like the other sports where it's kind of you can just plug and play guys because almost everybody is running the exact just a different variation of the same system now whether it's on offense or defense. So it's not learning this whole scheme, which is, I think, why there was so much hesitation in the past to make trades. Like, think about it. We saw Christian McCaffrey get traded on a Thursday, and he played the Sunday and played, like, 32 plays. Yeah, and he threw for a in, in two days. Well, that was a whole, that was a whole week later. Uh, and thank God. Right, right, right. Hey, don't don't trash talk Christian McCaffrey. He had me beat Nick single handedly, pretty much. Do you think Shanahan's offense is that similar to other? I doubt it. I mean, there, there's, there's well, we'll, learning. we'll be able to tell. You know how we'll be able to tell? We'll get to it right now. The Miami Dolphins made two trades, getting Bradley Chubb from Denver Broncos uh, for a couple picks, and then they got a running back, Jeff Wilson, who was with Mike McDaniel in San Francisco from the 49ers to. Just hop right in there, and we'll see how that works then. We'll get your answer for you right now, Matt. Those two are going to be identical. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is on Pat McAfee every Tuesday, and he was talking about it, how 
the the uh, the Rams, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Bengals, and who was the other team he said? The Oh, well now the the uh, Bears and Broncos are all running variations of the Packers offense because it's all stemming off that same tree. Yeah. Think about think of how many like this the whole tree thing, right? Like mm-hmm. Sean McVay and LaFleur and all these guys came from Shanahan tree. Yeah. And then Andy Reid tree. You know? Yeah, think of how many guys are on the Andy Reid tree. So like that's that unless you're a defensive guy, almost every offensive coach has come from those two te- those two guys. Mm-hmm. Not Eberflus. <laughs> well, he's defensive though. Yeah, he's, but their offensive coordinator. Where their offensive coordinator come from? Yeah, it's from Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. So he's got the he's from the Shanahan coaching tree. Yeah, I did hear a little thing about that Chase Claypool too, and that Green Bay. Was, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah, that was the whole. Yeah. Uh, the other trade. It's you were talking about. You know, keeping up with people, right? So the Bills and Dolphins were the two most active. Yeah. We already talked about the Dolphins. The Bills added uh, Dean Dean Marlowe, uh, who will be a backup safety probably for them, and a uh, more of a special teams guy they got from Atlanta, and then added uh, Naheem Hines, a running back out of from Indy. Imagine if they um, would have added Alvin Kamara. <laughs> that they imagine if they would imagine if they could have pulled off the Christian McCaffrey trade like they talked about. Good yeah. guy. Or I honestly, you know who I think they were going after was Kareem Hunt, and I don't think it worked out, so then they pivoted to Hines. Montgomery, too. Well, well Montgomery was looking – the Rams were looking at Montgomery. Montgomery doesn't fit their style, though. Yeah. They need they need a more of a slasher. Montgomery's too between the tackles. Mm-hmm. But uh, one other blockbuster trade that happened was an inter-North division trade between the Vikings and Lions. TJ Hawkinson, a uh, 2023 fifth-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick for 2024, went to the Vikings for a 2023 second and a 2024 third. That's interesting, you know, within the division. Well, and think about that. They they got more for him than the Bears uh, gave up for uh, Roquan Smith. Or, or uh, the the Ravens gave up second and a fifth, and they got yeah. second and a third for a tight end. Well, but they also gave up a second and a conditional fourth. So I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. along okay. with them. So, so they, or, sorry, yeah, watch, a fifth, sorry. They gave up a bit. fifth and a condition conditional fourth. So I just wonder why they moved up to their own division. Yeah, that was kind of odd. That was real odd. That, that tells me Goff is the answer and they're going to start all over again, yet again. Or does it tell you that the division's teaming up to try to make sure the Packers don't have this comeback and win it again? Well, they could be. I, I, I think the Packers are taking yeah. care of that. Stomp them while they're out. Yeah. <laughs> On their own, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to the Bears' traits now. Um, the Bears traded Roquan Smith to Baltimore um, for us. Like I think I said last week, you know, if you can get like a second round pick and a fifth round pick for Roquan, you might as well do it. 
Well, they got those plus a linebacker, uh, A.J. Klein. And then they traded a second-round pick to Pittsburgh for wide receiver Chase Claypool. I have one issue with the trade for Claypool. You gave up your own second-round pick instead of right. the second-round pick you got from Baltimore, which means you gave up the better of the two second-round picks. You, you probably gave up 10 spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a decently chunked player. Yeah. Yeah, I know. If it would have taken, hey, you take Baltimore's pick and we have to give up an extra seventh, Yeah, you should have just done that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's. It's. It felt a little, just a little high. But the thing about right now, that would be a. That's pick what thirty eight. The Bears, I think, are six. Yeah, it'd be like four, right around forty, somewhere in there. You know. Well, I think it, it, the only good sign to me is the fact that the Bears of some of the previous recent generations would have kept Roquan till the end of the year, and he would have walked. Right. And we'd, and we'd have gotten nothing. That's the. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they were willing to move him and Quinn, uh, when they moved, after they moved Rokan, I was surprised Montgomery didn't move also. Uh, I mean, because yeah. uh, they're not going to sign him. Or like we talked about last week, if you're going to do it, why not unload Eddie Jackson? Why not unload? They made him a captain. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with timeline, though, too, of players. Like, and, and you know, I don't know that. Eddie Jackson's 32. Is he really going to be around the next time? Is he that old? He's no way he's that old. Oh, he's not 32. No. I thought he was. Am I? Oh, no. 32 is when his contract was ending. Sorry, sorry. That's right. I looked. I remember looking it up last year. He's So he's 29, I think, right now. He's 28. He's 28. He'll be 29 in December. Yeah. So it's 29. This 29-age season. So his contract is up after 32. That's where the 32. I mean. Because I remember we're looking it up last week, and I'm like, 32 just stuck out. And I, but now thinking about that was when his contract's up because he's got a couple years left. I don't know. I, I felt like the this. I I like I didn't like the Roquan Smith trade, but I, I I understood it, and I think it's fine. Um, I think we're better receivers out there. Yeah, or or just not get you don't I don't did you need to get one right now you know just use the use the draft capital and mm-hmm. just, or you know let's put put a few picks together and, and trade up into another round and get two first round picks or something. I don't know you know I felt like it probably could have been used better however this guy's got you know I I didn't really know too much about him until I was reading about him and his his. His physical traits and everything are, are there. So he's called Cole Komet's buddy. You're playing you're you playing with know. you're playing with a broken down Roethlisberger, a Mitch Trubisky, and a, and a whoever else, you know, it's and he still had a pretty good rookie season. I would have preferred Pickens to be honest with it. So well yeah, but they're not trading. They like yeah, they they're trade. not nobody's trading a, a rookie who's probably gonna be a a number he's he's a number one yeah. now. <laughs> I think it just leads well, to like it's it's Ryan Poles' conviction of he probably had them graded high when they were you know in in the draft that when he was with Kansas City and they weren't able to go and get him but wanted him and you know saw him as a good player and I think if anything it kind of lends itself to say we we really do kind of show our cards that we like Justin Fields to a degree you know no I actually think it goes the other way. It shows their cards as here. Look, we're not sold on fields. We gave them all his weapons. Now we're over them. We're done with them. 
He got his wide receiver and he couldn't do anything with it. Oh, I don't think that that. I I guarantee that that's the mindset I think they have right now. We got him Uh, a weapon. Let's see if it works. It works great. We look like geniuses. If it doesn't work, we go. We gave him his weapon. It didn't work out. Now we we have the ability to move on. He wasn't even a top 50 receiver, though. It doesn't matter. He's he's at least. They gave him a receiver better than what he had. Exactly, but that's the point. He has a deep threat now. He has a legit deep threat now that can go get a ball, that can out jump somebody for once. That that will be there. That I'm just telling you the way I can see them spinning this. Yeah, it either hits and they're like, "We're geniuses. We knew he could have been a number one." Blah blah blah, or it's well, we gave him a guy that we thought was a valuable piece that he couldn't do anything with. So obviously the problem is Justin Fields. Claypool's not a one, no. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying that's the way they spin it. If it turns out they spin it as we always knew he could be a number one, or they turn it as we gave him a decent wide receiver and he was the issue. I mean, so now we get to go rebuild. rebuild. Two or three, it, it, it depends on where you want to slot him. He's not a one. But so real quick, has anybody checked in on the whole uh, Miami three draft picks that they got for Trey Lance and what they've turned those into? No, I haven't looked at that. I was actually just uh, well, so they so they used one of those first round draft picks to get Bradley Chubb this trade deadline. They used one of those first round draft picks this past offseason to get Tyreek Hill. And they used a first round draft pick the year they made the trade to trade up and get Jalen Waddle. Not so bad. So passing on Trey Lance turned into Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb for the Miami Dolphins. Three all pro, three all pros for uh, a bench quarterback. Yeah, and look at yeah, for real. Yeah, I, I even think if Trey Lance was healthy at this point, they probably still would be rolling with Jimmy. I thought he was coming. I really sincerely <laughs> thought the Bears were going to mm-hmm. take him, and I did not want him. Yeah. Oh, well, I think the Bears would have taken him if the 49ers would have without taken question somebody else. Without question, I thought he was coming here. Um, so we'll all move the year, on. all the earmarks of, of another bear quarterback. So since we're talking about this and my, I kind of go in this direction with my, I now believe we're going to skip the bears recap for right now. We'll come back to it. We're going to do our, I now believe segment. So Matt in the NFL, I now believe what? Yeah, I'm, I now believe I'm ill-prepared for this segment. Um, <laughs> I know, I now believe my pick of, uh, Tom Brady to be the MVP in Tampa to win the Super Bowl was the stupidest thing I've ever done. But who knew, right? You know, that's this the NFL. I, okay, maybe maybe it's more. I now believe the NFL is not predictable whatsoever, or this this year is just a glitch. I don't know. I, I was gonna know. say, I don't think you're the only one that's. I don't know if anybody. I think mm. you had Bucks. I think me and Keith. I'd have to look it up, but I think me and Keith both had Packers. Yeah. And I, I think so. Dave, I think Dave had Chiefs, if I remember right. I think so. Yeah. And maybe I now believe the, the Packers front office hate Aaron Rodgers because yeah. you, you stepped into my that, that's my that's my I now right. this is the last this is the last year Aaron Rodgers will be in a Packer quarter. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. He'll either retire or he'll be gone somewhere else. He'll be in Tampa. Yeah, he has to at this point, right? Yeah. He's got he's to look around and go, God, what are you kidding me? Help. Yeah, help. Let the Jordan Young, uh, Jordan Love here begin. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, mine is, I now believe the 49ers are a sleeper NFC champion contender. Well, maybe, maybe not even sleeper NFC champion. They're a legit, they're yeah, a legit, legit contender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the kind of what we were talking about with polls. I now believe Ryan Poles is somehow going to screw up the draft capital and cap space he has. And the thing is, the fact that Matt cannot instantly tell me, no, you're wrong. You can't say that. Is all the justification. (laughs) Way too early. Way too early. He just gave up a second for Chase Claypool. For number two, for number two slash three receiver. Mm-hmm. But it's not even that. It's the fact that you gave up your own number, your own number two, which is going to be the more valuable of the number twos that you have in your stockpile right now. Well, I, because I think there were other offers on the table for Chase Claypool, which I think I believe Green Bay was another team that was going after him, and I I think it was the draft. It was pick. a third round pick. It was a third round pick. Aaron Rodgers said that. He said, "I know we were offering a third round pick for him." Okay, but obviously we didn't. We didn't win the. We didn't win it out. I don't know what the Bears gave up. So maybe you bid against yourself a little bit then too. You know, exactly. I think. Yeah, I think he got uh, Ozzie Newsomed because he's a new GM and Ozzie's not. And yeah, what was Claypool's contract situation? Yeah, he's got two years left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a year and a half. View of the guy, do we want to resign him after that and give Justin Fields somebody to play with? So, my Not thing though is, so what I was thinking though with this is if you were going to give up a second, which Dave asked this question last last week, DJ Moore, and I said no because I wouldn't give up a second round pick for him. If you're going to give up a second round pick for Chase Claypool, you should have just given up the second round pick for. DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a better receiver. Yeah. Would have made more sense. It's not even, bone, you don't, a bonehead. Yeah. You don't know if he's you don't really know if he's a better receiver, but he's got more upside because he yep. it, like Chase Claypool is a more physical, he's a Larry Fitzgerald yeah. type of receiver. He's, he's receiver. Six, he's six four, two thirty. He, he can go down the field, but he can't four, fly four, down 20. the field. You know, like DJ Moore is a little bit of both. He's more of a DeAndre Hopkins, Randy, I mean, I'm comparing Randy Moss is going to be, but he's more of a Randy Moss, DeAndre Hopkins type of guy, not well, a. Moore had a hell of a, he had a hell of a game this weekend. He had a stupid yeah. play where he took the helmet off, but I mean, yeah. other than that, he really yeah. looked good. But yeah. um, we'll get into the Bears recap now. They lose uh, 49-29 <laughs> to the Cowboys on the road. Uh, Justin Fields, first game all season without an interception. No, not really. I think it's only a second, though. We have like a 120-something QB rating. Yeah, the highest of the season. 72.4 on the game, which is still its highest of the season, QBR. I thought he was over 100. No, no, I thought it was over 100. I thought it was over 100, too. Yeah, I was over 100, but I could be wrong. So, no, not QBR. That's the – uh, RT passer rating or whatever. Yeah, yeah. one twenty was his pass. His QBR That's was seventy two point four. Yeah, which still both are his highest all season. Um, but he went seventeen of twenty three for one hundred. Still though, 
17 completions, only 151 yards. Two touchdowns, sacked four times for 25 yards. Well, that's what, that's what I'm not saying it's all him. I'm saying it's – I thought we were getting rid of the whole naggy five yards and dump type offense where all the receivers are running five to eight-yard routes and that's it. But I, I guess mean, not. To some extent, that's as far down the field as you can, you can look before somebody's in your face. <laughs> Namely, Michael Parsons. Mm-hmm. Well, and, <laughs> hey, Justin Fields, guess who gets to come after you now? Bradley Chubb. Have fun. Yeah. Well, I'll be at the game, so I'll, I'll give you a first-hand uh, analysis of what it looked like. Uh, are you going to the game Sunday? We are. Yeah, we will be. And I think uh, Alex and Caleb are coming as well, so we'll see how that goes. But Oh, she get tickets from uh, school? Or? Did you make the trade with the guy? Uh, no, they, no. They said they were going to get their own tickets, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I, I No. But uh, some, some stats that I was – kind of laughing at when I saw this. Uh, the Bears had a total of 22 first downs. Uh, four of them were passing 15 rushing and three due to penalties. The Cowboys had 24 first downs, 15 passing, nine rushing, and zero due to penalties. I feel like, and I think that was one of the biggest things, and they mentioned on the, the broadcast a lot, the TV broadcast, about how poorly the – Cowboys have done on third down conversions throughout the year, and I felt like they were nine for eleven. They were nine like, for eleven, boom, yeah. Boom, boom. It was like freaking Aaron Rodgers out there, you know? I couldn't believe it. So they were nine for eleven in third downs. Bears were six for fifteen, and they were two for three on fourth downs. Yeah. Bears ran seventy-one plays. The Cowboys ran fifty-seven and scored forty-nine points. Quick strike offense. Mainly a couple giant runs by Tony Pollard, which I'm again thankful for in fantasy because uh, he went off for like thirty something points. But Dak was uh, twenty one of twenty seven. Uh, I don't know, couple t- couple TDs. Well, there's going to be a lot more pressure on uh, Fields, even uh, more than there has been if the you know defense continues to play like this. So. Well, at least they're not on the field long anymore because they, you know, the other team just run, runs from about twenty yards of play. So. <laughs> It'll just be a quick, quick turnaround. It's more, more like practice. yeah. But then, guess what? You got to worry about the offensive line's going to be gassed and can't block anybody yeah. anyways. No. So, you're, so Dave, you're saying the defense is well rested during the game? Yeah, yeah basically, okay. you're going to the refrigerator. You're going to can of pop or something. <laughs> they come back and, and they're in the red zone. Yeah, you know, it's like, like wait, wait, what happened? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, remember how we talked last last week where uh, about the, well, we'll get to the pick six. I'll talk about it then, I guess, because that's where I was going to go with it. But um, no, actually, we'll just talk about this one right now. Remember when I gave the stat that in a nine or more game spread, the under was like eighty or sixty something percent. Yeah, well, that didn't count in, take into account when the defense gave up the whole point total to one team. <laughs> the over-under was 42-and-a-half, and the Cowboys scored 49 alone. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> how many do yeah. you think Miami can put on the board this week? <laughs> <laughs> who's going to run with Tua – or who's going to run with uh, Waddle and uh, – there's nobody that can – 
Kindle Vildor. <laughs> realistically, <laughs> realistically, this could be like a Madden game where Miami just drops back and Tua just throws the ball as far as possible and Tyreek just outruns anybody because nobody can run with him and he catches and he scores every time. Over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> well, this could be like this could be like Alabama playing you know North Carolina or something. You know? <laughs> North Carolina AT. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh we'll get there in a little bit. Um we're gonna move on though. Any any other f- thoughts about the Bears this week? This past week, I should say. Not really. All right, we're gonna move on to our tier list. This thing is getting uh sloppier and sloppier. Um so we'll start with our uh our number one draft pick contenders, the Houston Texans, the Carolina Panthers, the Washington Commanders, and the Detroit Lions. Any of those teams going to get out of the uh, number one contention? Anybody? 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 No? We're, we're keeping them? I think so. I'm no. okay. one of them there. Yeah. Just making sure. All right. Lucky to be within three games of 500. Below 500, I should say. The Bears, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Broncos, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Saints, the Browns, the Jaguars. We Are we moving anybody down? Let's go down first. Any of those teams moving down to number one contention? I think we got to move the Bears down. I don't know. I mean, after losing Roquan, you have no – you have no – you have no – you have no – like – our defense is going to be so bad. Hey, Dave, remember when you said, well, the Hawks, you know, they're in playoff contention. And you never know what's going to happen. Right. The Bears just showed you what the, the Hawks are going to do to make sure they stay in that uh, number one contention spot. By Even if they're doing good, they're just going to sell off pieces because they're three and four, which should be able to stay within lucky to be three games below 500. And we're talking about moving the Bears down because they just sold everybody off. We gotta move them down. Do we want to move them down? I got it. Well, I mean, I don't know that. I don't know. See, I look at it and I say, I think they're they're still in a different position than Detroit. I mean, if you, I mean, Detroit's got one win and it's amazing they have that. Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, at this point, because yeah, you know, from the eye the eye test alone, the Bears aren't in that bottom. Category now. Let's see what happens on Sunday, well, then, or then maybe next or, week, maybe or in so. two Sundays if the Lions do beat the Bears. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it would take the Lions or somebody like that to, you know, to beat uh, to beat them uh, to convince me. Anybody else we want to move down? Yeah, I don't. I'll tell you what: the Steelers could be added down. I mean, they're two and six. It probably should be. I don't yeah, know. It wouldn't be. And, and again, you know, and more, and, you know, more challenges left. I mean, I, I don't know. There's, Matt, I think we didn't move them down just because you don't usually see the Steelers down around that that number. No, but boy, I mean, you're going to a rookie quarterback. You trade away a wide receiver. They're not good. Not good. Yeah, they're kind of a mess. Especially if you're trading away talent, I don't. I think that's yeah. I mean, and, and they, they pretty much got throttled by the Eagles. It was thirty-five to thirteen. So, 
I should I should say I should actually ask this. I forgot about this. Should we not move Washington up though? They're four and four. I know. I, I don't know. They don't pass the smell test, but but I don't know, man. Four and four in in this in in this I mean, year's it's just NFL. Becoming math, mathematically, it's becoming they're they're one win away from being three games within five hundred. <laughs> well, they, they had a scenario today where all three wildcard teams came from came from that division, including them. You know, honestly, I like Heineke too. I don't know why. I just I feel like he's because he's a battle hawk, Matt. He's an yeah. XFL St. Louis battle hawk. He's like just I, he just wins. I don't I don't know how he does it. Well, yeah, and I'm looking at standings here. There are eight in the NFC. There are eight teams below. That have a worse record than uh, than them. So yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's because we all look at it and we remember Washington with Carson Wentz and don't realize that with Taylor Heineke they're two and zero. It's Cooper Rush all over again. Uh, anybody we're moving up to the five hundred bubble from the. Obviously, we already talked about the Bears, so no. But I'm trying to figure out what's going on with New Orleans. I mean, it's every time you bet on them, they they, they lay an egg and then. You bet against them, and they come out, and you know they're on fire. It's the hard team. That's a, that's the team you can't figure out. I can't figure out what to talk about when it comes to the Patriots. They're five hundred. And and what do you what do you? Yeah, I know they're three I, and two you, on the road. I'd like to hear a little bit of of your analysis of the Mac Jones versus the Justin Fields pick now. I mean, would you still today, at today, sitting where we're – Yes, Mac Jones was coming off missing two weeks from a high – or three weeks from a high ankle sprain during that game. I I wouldn't – don't match up. We talk about – don't match – don't fall into that and match them up, right? Mac Jones, right? Matt, we even talked like – Justin Fields was not the reason the Bears won that game. Justin Fields almost cost them the game a couple times, and his decision-making in a 33-point win – was still horrendous. He took some sacks, or he could have just thrown the ball away. Yeah, it's a young quarterback. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks do that, too. You know, I, I know. understood but it. Back, it's back. a very easy thing to do, but a lot of quarterbacks fail to do that. Well, they want to make the they want to make the play because they did it in college. But Mac Jones only played, what, three drives, four drives, and then it was Bailey Zappi most of the time. Yeah. So well, I would, I'm not, I'm not can't saying head-to-head. Head. I'm just saying I don't, I don't know that I really think Mac Jones is – all that. I think he had a good rookie year. And... I think the Patriots are just that bad around him. Yeah. Again, I've said this from the beginning. He's a game manager. He's not a guy that's going to steal you games. He's just going to be a guy that doesn't lose you games like Justin Fields is prone to do. A.K.A. the Green Bay game or the Indy game or the Washington game. Or not Indy, Washington. I was thinking Thursday night when the, the other the Thursday night was god awful with Indy too. But the Washington game on Thursday night, you know, the Giants game where he, he loses, you know, that's what I that's why I still take because at the time the Bears needed more stability at quarterback than they did, you know. Yeah, a higher ceiling. Especially when you tra- like you trade up, you want to make sure you have, you know what you're getting, not so much. Yeah, he was that. Yeah, he was the sure bet, but I don't think he had the potential to be what Justin Fields. No, but he also doesn't have the potential to be as bad as Justin Fields could have been. It's my is it was is yeah. the whole point, right? Like yeah. so. Yeah, Laura. But I think, 
I don't know. I think both are in bad situations. So I think now, especially the Patriots are really, again, I don't know. They're four and four. Like, I don't know. Well, what about the Browns? Well, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about for Mac Jones, Justin Fields. They're they're four and four. And I mean, Mac Jones is still, he's almost at a thousand yards already this year. He's got, you know, I don't know. 60, 70% or 66% completion. Yeah. Quarterbacks are hard to, you yeah. got to design a different offense for fields. You, the well, and you know, the, the same offense that Stafford can run, the same Herbert can run. I mean, that's, it, you, know, you know, that type of thing. It's, uh, I mean, you know, for fields, it's got to be a, a specialized offense. Yeah. If you just if you throw him into a just a drop a drop back passer uh, pro style pro style, he's awful. Yeah, but if well, you, and not only that, Mac Jones is. Go ahead. No, I was going to say if you work on on Justin Fields' decision making, I think his physical traits outweigh Mac Jones, hands down. You know, like he can well, yeah, he can get out of the pocket, he can move, and then he's been keeping his head up and his eyes downfield to make that 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 throw rather than tuck and run. So I think the progression I've seen the last couple of games of Justin Fields, I, I see something, you know, where I think Mac Jones is, yeah, you, you, he's kind of there. You, you know what he's going to be. And you, you know, he's maybe a Matt Ryan at best, you know, and, you know, which is, which is a good quarterback, but That's I think. Yeah. A Matt Ryan, but, you know, who's going to be, you know, what, 12 years in? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Probably. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, I mean, if you look at Fields, your hope is that he turns into Lamar. You know, he, he's got to be Lamar or, you know, that type of thing. Otherwise, if he, if he turns into – I don't know that – I think Justin – I said this last week. less relying on the run than Lamar is. I said this last week. Justin Fields, in order to be – like what the Bears need him or should want him to be is a Steve McNair type of player. But I think the one-offs are not they're, they're not the standard. I mean, if I'm if I'm drafting and then I gotta put players around him, it's easier to build a team around Mac Jones than it is to build a team well, around yeah. it's more typical, right? Yeah, and that's what I was agree. gonna say too is Mac Jones Mac Jones is in a situation where it's I mean, let's be real, it was never even Tom Brady's team. It was Bill Belichick's team. Like it's he's not in a situation that's conducive to becoming a superstar. Like Brady's a quote superstar because they won, not because Tom Brady was a superstar. No, never you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Right. He's just yeah. a competitor. He was never the, the best player in the field. Yeah. But he's the greatest player of all time. So just because of his record, I, yeah. Yeah, but, pure, yeah, yeah, pure quarterback. You look at Dan Marino, say for instance, versus yeah. Brady. Marino is the more polished quarterback of the two. It's just Brady won all the time. <laughs> or know? Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly, and you know those type of like. I mean, let's be real. How would if Peyton Manning was in Bill Belichick's system? And he won that many. Peyton Manning went hands down. There, were, there wouldn't even be a debate between right, like there is with Tom Brady and Joe Montana, right? Like it would be Peyton Manning is, you know, 
Right. It. The, the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. Have, have, have you seen that one commercial with uh, Montana since you brought him up? Dennis commercial? The one, yeah, the one he's, yeah, he's sitting in yeah. the bar. What are you, uh, you play tennis? <laughs> he goes, it's light and rich and smooth. And he goes, oh, okay, old man. <laughs> but, okay, so let's move on. Uh, we'll just go down the list since we already – Falcons, are they good there or uh, – Yeah, I don't know how they're – I had to look that up and they're four and four. I can't believe it. They're, four they're four leading, leading the South. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, they're not good. I still don't buy them. I'm leaving them there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Seahawks. I, yeah, I, they're yeah. leading the West, and they're five and three. Come on, you have to, right? Yeah, you got to bump them up. Yeah. I think, well, yeah. I mean, realistically, realistically, right now, if we were doing this, by the way, we actually have it mapped out. Both the Seahawks and the Falcons would have to be up one more slot because they're right. running the division and they're in the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah. They squeak one out in London. Yeah, let's just stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, they suck. need to stay there. I mean, Russell Wilson is just to work out. We just we just talked about them. New England, they're four and four. I don't know. Right where they belong. They're, they're, they're yeah. Where they belong there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they've got a big. Yeah. I mean, uh, you want to know the the rest of their schedule though? Well, well, we can talk about it after the week or after two. They play. No, right now, I'm not. They no, play no, the Colts. Play. They play the Colts. They play the Jets again. They still have the Raiders, oh. and then they get lucky and they play the Bills on the last game of the year, which means they're probably gonna, the Bills are probably going to be sitting everybody. Mm-hmm. There's your eight wins. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the Raiders when we get there. <laughs> yeah, actually, hold on. We don't even need to talk about the Raiders. <laughs> gotcha. They're their number one contention. We'll get. We'll, we'll go back. One one point is it's mad. We'll go back. Hey, you know, speaking speaking of that uh, number one contention, what about the uh, going back to the Jaguars? Uh, they're two and six. They're two and six feels a lot different though. Because mm-hmm. they're cl- like I think I feel like they're close. I think that like they're a team that. They're young, and if they can figure out how to win one or two of those, yeah, it's almost like the Giants six and two. That doesn't feel like it's a real six and two. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, that that's a different. They don't feel like those other teams in the. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. They feel like they're putting it together. They're just figuring out how to win in the NFL because they have all these, which we didn't even talk about. They got Calvin Ridley at the de- at the deadline for next year. Or whatever he becomes unsuspended. Which, like a fifth round or a set? What uh, it's all conditional. No, there it's a it's one pick, but it's there's like 19 different conditions. It could it. be like a fourth something. It could be a second round pick. Oh, could it really? Oh boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, which is funny because do you know when Calvin Ridley placed his bet, the parlay that he had that hit that he won money on for the Falcons to win? Anybody have a clue of who they were playing that week? <laughs> Gee, the Bears. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh. <laughs> Cleveland Browns were moving up. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. I mean, Do you, though? They're three and five. I know. It just it, They feel like they're such a better team than them, though. Well, the end of the world is coming there. It's already been announced Deshaun Watson is starting next week. Or in two weeks in Houston. Yeah. 
I hope you feel And uh, they play at Miami. Or they have a bye this week, actually, I should say. Then they play at Miami. But so that's the thing is, like, they're already announcing that Deshaun is going to start on December 4th. What if Jacoby goes out and beats the Dolphins, the Bills, and then the Bucks? I know. Like, he has played well. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, to say he's going to come back and start that game one, I feel like it's a little um, – he's your guy. You gave up a lot to go get him, and you're paying him. And everything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. He's the better quarterback. But Why didn't you just trade Jacoby Brissett at the deadline? Because you got a couple games here. You got I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> and then you right. go pick up somebody like, oh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> that used to be there. Baker? Yeah. All right, so our, our lucky to be within three three games of 500 right now are the 500 Washington Commanders, the Bears, the Saints, the 500 Falcons, the uh, Broncos, the 500 Patriots, the Browns, and the Jaguars. Our 500 bubble teams are the Seahawks, which we just moved up, the Jets, the Cardinals, the Colts, and the Rams. Can we all agree that the Colts need to come down? The Colts could actually maybe move down to the number one contender. They do. Yeah, they have to. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that them. far. I drop them one right well, now. Well, they're down. They're they're starting Sam Ellington now. And if anybody, you know, yeah, any Mizzou, any, whatever. I don't like the guy because if any of Mizzou <laughs> fans remember, Keith, he had a game against Drew Lock down in Texas where Texas got every single call. Mm-hmm. They won by a field goal. And he got on the mic and said, hey, Texas – we're back. And that yeah. was in 2018, and they're still not back. Mm. That coach has since been fired. <laughs> you know, it's been a whole thing. Texas is a really good football team, though. You know, they'll just tell you all about it down there in Texas. Horns down for Sam Ellinger. Hey, did I say it right that time? Uh, the Jets, 500 bubble. They are five and three. Talk to me in a week or two because I, I think they're. I feel like we have to leave them there. A bullet point yeah. down. I feel like we have to leave them there, but yeah, because uh, of the record, yeah, yeah, and their record is. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Their record, or their the rest of their schedule is, Bills this week at Patriots after a bye, Bears, Vikings, Bills, Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins. Sounds like a lot of losses. It does. I literally look at this and I say, I see maybe three wins, like for sure wins. But I guess three wins puts them at eight wins, so they're 500. Well, they were five and one, right? Now they're five five and three? Weren't they five? Uh, No, 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 no. No, they were were one and two and then won four straight. They beat the Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, and Broncos. So they were five and two, okay. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, they sit three and five. Do we want to leave them? Do we want to move them? What do we want to do with them? I'd be okay actually moving them down. Here's my thinking. I'm more sold on this week. I'm more sold on the Cardinals finishing 500 than I am the Rams finishing 500. The Rams just got utterly demolished at home again 
where the stadium itself, let alone, we won't even talk about the fact that, oh, St. Louis doesn't support BS when the entire stadium is red for the 49ers in L.A. Uh, give them both one more week, and then we'll see. Yeah, I was surprised how many how much in the crowd. It's always that way. It's yeah. always that way. It really That's is. That's the thing. It's always that way. All right, playoff teams. So, Matt, we came to the conclusion last week we have to have 14 teams in here at all times because 14 teams make the playoffs. Well, true. Yeah, that makes sense. So, our playoff teams right now, uh, this in- excludes the conference people that we think are conference champ quality and Super Bowl contenders. Playoff teams are the Ravens, 49ers, Packers, Chargers, Dolphins, Bucks, Bengals, Cowboys, Giants, and Titans. So we'll start on the far right. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are five and two. I thought for I think we just leave them there. Right? Well, it depends on if Tannehill plays or not. I don't think it matters because the rest of the division sucks. Well, they're yeah, they're leading their division. Yeah. Which we're gonna get there. So don't worry, we'll get there on another team that we're gonna have to talk about with that then. Uh, the New York Giants, they lost, they're down to six and two. I still don't believe in the Giants. No, no, no nor do I. But again, our rule is 14 teams, so they gotta Well, you know what what you could do, uh, and you could do this for well, let's see. So we're talking NFC. Uh, I mean, because they're in first place, you'd have to uh, trade uh, the Fal- put the Falcons up there, and then put the Giants down. We'll get the yeah. I, I was going to bring that up when we talk about the Bucks. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get we'll, we'll slide the Bucks over right now. So we'll talk about the Bucks. The Bucks are god awful. I yeah. I think what Keith just said, we actually have to do. Oh, because if we're going to take it serious with the way we're talking playoffs. And the way we're doing this, we have to have the Falcons be a playoff team, meaning right now our lock playoff teams are the Falcons, the Giants, and the Titans. Now let's talk to Dallas Cowboys. I think I the we have to win the NFC South. <laughs> uh, nobody. I think we all had the Falcons having like two wins all year. Like, come on. <laughs> I think, again, though, the it's Cowboys, so we have to leave the Cowboys there because they're 6-2. and two and Yeah, they're looking pretty good. Realistically, if they – I mean – they're two plays away from probably leading the division at seven and one with the Eagles being six and one in that Sunday night game or Monday night game, whatever they played in. I think yeah. it was Monday, Sunday night. The Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Shiesty and the Bengals, leaving them right there. Yes, you right? got to leave them in there. I mean, even though they, they did, did not look good against uh, the Bengals. I mean, I mean the uh, Browns. I think you leave them in there one more week to see if it was just a Browns got lucky on Monday night or if that's yeah. the real Bengals without Jamar Chase. Yeah, well, how long is Jamar Chase out for, too? That's Five weeks, couple weeks. I think. Yeah, yeah. So that could be a That's big... why I say I think you leave them one more. I think you leave them one more. Yeah. But at the same time, they're 500, and we just talked about how we think the Jets are going to f- fall in a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Who else in the AFC could get up there? Browns maybe with Deshaun or Pats and that's it. Yeah, I can see the Browns. You know, but so for right now, I think we got to leave the Bengals. Um, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, you got to leave them there. Obviously, does anybody, I, does anybody think that they should maybe move up to a conference champ? Now that we've seen more, they're all three losses came without Tua. 
Well, they, they can't really, can they? Um, well, yeah, I think when I think are, of conference champ, I think it's people that we can see for sure winning the first round. Oh, that, or, that, that's true. I guess, yeah, as long as we have 14 you know, teams in there, the breakdown yeah, doesn't like they're, matter. They're, yeah, they're mm-hmm. contenders to get to the yeah. conference championship mm-hmm. game. Yeah, yeah. Anybody disagree there? No. 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 I mean, um, to their recent moves, too. So, yeah. They hurt themselves, that's for sure. The four and three Los Angeles Chargers. I don't think we can not leave them there because they're four and three and number two in the West. And I just, I, don't, I, I think they're all right. The Green Bay Packers. Well, they are three and five. I think we got to trade them with Seattle. I was going to say, is there a chance they don't make the playoffs? It's yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think we got to trade them with Seattle. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. That feels good, doesn't it? That's a very. <laughs> this, is, this just shows how weird this season is. Yeah, this is an odd season. I mean, you have the Rams, I, the Packers, and the Broncos, or not the Broncos, the uh, Buccaneers and the Cardinals all down as like mm-hmm. maybe five hundred, which these should all be in the conference champs. So contender. Yeah, and they, and they're and they look like five hundred teams at best. Yeah. <laughs> I know we talked about it, Matt, you weren't here. We talked about how last week kind of felt like a game that somehow Aaron Rodgers just wins and it didn't happen. I, deep down still, somehow I'm like, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to go on, somehow make the playoffs. They always do. They always they're going to go on a run and make the playoffs, but for right now, we got to leave them. Uh, the 49ers. Yeah, you know, uh, based on what I was saying earlier, I'd almost have to bump them up to conference. I think so champ. too. I, I think they're. Yeah. I think personnel is think pretty strong now. That Christian McCaffrey addition, I think they're. Yeah, I think they're uh, right there. So last team, the Ravens. I, I'm not convinced that the Ravens can win in the playoffs, but I don't think they're not going to make the playoffs. Right. And Roquan doesn't hurt them any history. No. Right. Well, yeah. Roquan's leading the league in tackles. Yeah. Yeah. So. So then we go to our conference contending champs. Obviously, we just moved up the Viking, or we just moved up the uh, 49ers and the Dolphins. And that leaves the only team up there is the Vikings. I still think we're confident that the Vikings, especially Adam Hawkinson, they have a, a very good possibility to get to that conference championship game, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah those top two tiers look. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. And then our Super Bowl contenders, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. I'm one week away from sliding the 49ers up there too. Yeah. If they have, if they have mm-hmm. another showing with McCaffrey, like it's the just, fact that they can move McCaffrey and Debo Samuel or so much, like intertwine them so much, it's going to well, be. The two of them are in a game at the same time. That's going to be a bear. Yeah. yeah. And is Shanahan is just like, you know, like, ooh, I can do whatever I want, literally. And yeah, they uh, actually have a, a bye this week. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. So in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they'll have a good bye week and we'll like what they, we see in their bye week <laughs> and we'll move them up. That's yeah. right, because I remember them saying, could you imagine McCaffrey had two games in 10 days. Now he's got two weeks to prepare, a, prepare a for full two weeks to prepare and mm-hmm. get into the playbook. What could happen now? But that'll end our tier list. So our, to- our tiers are Super Bowl contenders, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Conference Champ contenders, Dolphins, 49ers, Vikings, playoff team contention, Seahawks, Chargers, Bengals, Cowboys, 
Falcons, Giants, Titans, Ravens are uh, 500 teams. Packers, Jets, Cardinals, Rams, Bucks. Lucky to be within three games of 500. Commanders, Bears, Saints, Broncos, Patriots, Browns, Jags, Colts, and our number one contenders, Texans, uh, Panthers, Lions, Steelers, and Raiders. As of right now, if the season ended today, the Detroit Lions would have the number one pick. All because the Colts could not beat the Texans and they tied. But that being said, uh, we will move on to our last topic tonight. Um, and it is our pick six segment. Um, so last week, Matt got uh, didn't text me back, so he got the he got the uh, SJ picking random numbers and making picks for you. Hey, it's probably better than what I was gonna do anyway. So it was on a, it was on it was on par. It was two and five. <laughs> so we'll go over those. I'll take it. We'll, call, well, Dave, you did go two and five. I know. That's what I was saying. I think I was so 0 and we'll seven. No. You were it's three seven. and four. Uh, we, were okay. both, we were both three and four. So, Thursday night games, the only one that Matt did pick, he did take the Bucks minus two. They lost by a billion. <laughs> uh, I had the Raiders money line. Matt had the Bucks minus two. Keith, Keith had the under, which we watched painfully dissolve during the podcast and talked about it a little bit on Thursday. And Dave had the, the Ravens plus two. Uh, the next game we picked was the London game, Denver and Jacksonville. Uh, Dave had the under of 39 and a half that hit. Keith had Denver plus two and a half. SJ picked the over of 39 and a half for Matt, and I had the over of 39 and a half. So me and Matt missed that one. Cowboys and Bears. We already talked about this. I took the under because I was like, oh, Dallas might blow them out, but they'll they'll lay off the dogs and they won't get to 42 points. Uh, Matt, SJ had the Bears plus nine, so that worked out well for you. Beautiful. Lose, lose by 20. Dave also had the Bears plus nine. Uh, Keith took the over of 42 and a half, so uh, the Dallas Cowboys covered that for Keith let alone by himself. Thank you, Dak. Um, the next game was the Giants at the Seahawks. Dave took the over of 44 and a half. That missed. Keith had the under of 44 and a half. That hit. The only bet that I didn't let SJ make, I figured I would have Matt take the same bet he took two weeks ago with the Giants money line because that's what he did last time, and they lost. And I had the Seahawks minus three. Um, Packers Bills Dave said I need to make up some ground on the money and we just talked about how this could be a game that Aaron Rodgers steals I'm taking the Packers money (laughs) did not work out Uh, save the $10 (laughs) but Dave if you would have taken the bear or the Packers plus 11 and a half like SJ took for Matt it hit. Keith had the Bills minus 11 and a half. I had the under of 47 and a half. Um, and we all took in person Bengals minus three and a half. And Matt, that's who SJ took for you also because she likes Joe Shasty. And that hey. obviously missed big time. Yeah. Uh, Matt was the only one to make his pick em game correctly because I gave SJ three different bets and she picked one that hit for you. Uh, so I had <laughs> Me and Keith both had South Carolina's minus three and a half and both looked at each other and said, the line keeps moving. 
Eli Drinkwitz is 4-0 against the Gamecocks, and he's 2-0 down in South Carolina. Well, Eli Drinkwitz is now 5-0 against the Gamecocks and 3-0 down in South Carolina. <laughs> uh, Dave had Northwestern plus 11, and I was on that thinking with him, and we both said, Iowa just doesn't score enough to beat a team by double digits, and they won by 23. <laughs> I'm no math major, uh, but that is double digits. Yeah. The, the only guy that hit his pick'em bet was Matt, and SJ decided she liked Jimmy G minus a point and a half, so she had the 49ers minus a point and a half for Matt. So going into this week, uh, I am the only guy positive. It's which I went from being 600 something. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I'm only positive 328 right now, so that's great. Uh, Keith is in second at minus 470. Matt is in third at minus 635. And Dave, Dave is minus $2,140. So, <laughs> oh, bravo. When do we cut them off? You know, when do we? Yeah, cut yeah. Off? So, when we go out for dinner, Dave. Whenever the bookie trading. starts breaking his legs. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, I'm already missing my thumb. So I mean, yeah. for all of you out there, one eight hundred gamblers and not yeah. the line. Oh, it's hold on, it's on, it's on, it's the, on the thing. Yeah, that was yeah. good, Rick. I mean, you know, are legally are you required to include that on there? Uh, well, so I'm not gonna lie. the The exact look that I did with the whole uh, sports divided sports book. Um, I literally just stole what Barstool Sportsbook looks like, and I just put our used our font and our logo next to it. And yeah. on their flyers, they yeah. have that the because they, out loud. Well, that's why we have attorneys. I mean, when we get sued, <laughs> yeah. <it's around>. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Matt, I, you're on your own, right? Well, the only thing I did, <laughs> realistically, the only thing I did was use a navy background. I just it just looks like it's just the style. It looks like it. Not the same font, not the same logo. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. <laughs> and uh, we advise you to just fade us. That might be better Yes, oh than my to take God. our advice. If we fade Dave, that would be... Uh, <laughs> no, because like one week, Dave, Dave went like... Jimmy Creek here, boss. I in reverse. A couple weeks ago, Dave went 500, but because of the juice, he lost 40 bucks or 30 bucks, whatever it was. Yeah. But so we'll move on to this week's pick, pick six. Uh, the games we have this week are the Thursday night game, Philly at Houston, uh, which is kind of funny that that game happens on a Thursday, which originally was supposed to be the off day between the world series game five and seven or six, but it's now no longer, um, we have Atlanta hosting the chargers, Miami at Chicago, Seattle at Arizona, Tennessee at Kansas city on the night on Sunday night and Baltimore at new Orleans on Monday night. So we'll start with Matt, Matt Houston and Philly. What's your play? Oh, I should say Philly is minus 13 points uh, over under is 44. Um, And I don't really think anybody's going to touch a minus 800 money line for the for the Philly or for the Eagles, which I think we're going to put in a rule. You can't bet a money line if it's more than minus 150 because then it's just too easy. Yeah. And then Houston is plus 550 on the money line. So, Matt, go ahead. That 13, 13 points is just a lot of points. 
I don't know. That is, I, I, I don't like it either way. I mean, Billy should beat him by 13, but um, I will, I'll, I'll go with the under. Just thinking Houston might not score too much. Philly might not score 40. They probably could, but who knows? Dave? I'm also under on that one. Keith? Oh, you know, I, w I wanted to go uh, with uh, Philly in the minus 13. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm going I'm gonna to turn the tables here and go with the over. I have the over also. But just a little note in case anybody who is listening wanted to maybe actually take some actual uh, betting advice or maybe not even advice, but uh, numbers with them. The Eagles are five and two against the spread this season. Uh, they've been favored in every game. They're five and two. And they're four and three when it comes to point totals with hitting the over. So in games, just just some. I just looked up that one because that spread was so big. But Matt, again, the spread. So you guys both taking the under. There was a there was a stat last week that I had. It was like sixty two percent of the time when a when a spread is more than ten points in the NFL in the past ten years, the under hits. And the thinking behind that is is the team gets up big, lets off the gas, and they win, but don't hit the over. And then or the team that's the giant underdog. Uh, keeps it tight and it's low scoring because usually they don't keep up scoring wise with them. So you didn't even know that and you took the under based on that knowledge. <laughs> I had no clue. Uh, all right. So Chargers at Atlanta. Chargers are three and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, money line is minus 170. Eagles, or uh, sorry, Falcons are plus 143. Over unders 49 points. Matt. I no faith in Atlanta. Uh, I'll take the Chargers minus three and a half. Uh, Dave? I have the same. Keith? Well, if we're going to go up or down together, I guess we'll do it. Uh, Chargers minus three and a half. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are six and one against the spread this year. Okay, I changed my mind. Uh, I, exactly. I mean, it's, this is the whole segment. I have the, I have the over. I have the over of 49. Because I, I don't know. Yeah, they're six and one, but it eventually numbers end even out, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sticking with mine, by the way. Don't, don't, don't change mine. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dolphins at Bears. We just talked about it. Dolphins minus five on the road, uh, minus 220. On the money line, Bears plus 180 on the money line, over under 44. Matt, let me guess you're going to go the under because you can never take the other team in the game. I'm going over, baby. Let's go. Over. We got, we got Chase Claypool. <laughs> over 44 points. Dave. Uh, over 44. I got, I got over also, but not because of Chase Claypool. Keith, I'll mix it up here. I'm going to go with uh, Miami minus five. I have Miami minus five also. This is going to get ugly. And it's easy. But you know what? Us. Just when it, it, you know, like we've been talking, I mean, just when you think that, you know, <laughs> bears will. It's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just Tua's, weird, isn't it? Tua's not superhuman. He's not great, you know. So who knows? Eddie Jackson. Matt, he he really has been great this year. He has been. He has been. Yeah, yeah, he has. Been. Yeah. When he's been, yeah, when he's been upright, he's been good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, here's the problem. Who's going to get to him to keep him not upright? Nobody we have yeah. Literally, absolutely no one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Arizona hosting Seattle. Arizona at home, minus two, uh, minus 120 or 125 on the money line. Seahawks are plus 105, over under 55. Matt. Uh, give me C, just uh, Seattle outright. Money line. Dave? I've got uh, Arizona minus two. Keith? You know, that uh, over-under seems awful high. I'm going to go the under. Um, I think I said it a couple times where games just don't they feel like they don't make sense. Like, why is Arizona favored against the – they're three and five and Seattle's five and three. But because of that, I am going Arizona minus two and a half. Or minus two, sorry. Not two and a half. Minus two. I was looking at the uh, half point in the next game, which Sunday night, Tennessee at Kansas City. Kansas City is 12 and a half point favorites at home. Uh, Titans are plus 460 on the money line. Chiefs minus 650 over under 60 or little 60, 46 and a half. That's this isn't a college football game. Sorry, guys. That's 60 points. Matt, what do you got? Um, that's just I don't, just don't Dana like Hill is 50 50 about play right now. Who, who is Dana Hill? And I looked at it, he's uh, taking some snaps, but there's no guarantee he's going to play someday. And that's a huge difference maker to me. It is. Yeah. And I don't know. If he plays, it's a different game. 12 and a half is just, um, let's go. I'll go with the over. Uh, No, under. Yes, under. Under 46 and a half? Under, yeah. Did you just change because of the rule I told told you about? No, I just got. (laughs) Is it because it's a primetime game and primetime games have sucked this year? That's kind of it. That's one of the reasons why, yeah. Dave? I'm going to take Tennessee in the 12 and a half. I mean, that's probably right. Uh, You know, Tennessee's defense is is pretty good. They might be able to – I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to go with the under. Chiefs minus 12 and a half. They win by 30. Doesn't matter if Tannehill's playing or not. Tannehill put more points on the board. That's all. He's not going to win the game. Will he, though? Will he, though? I don't, I don't, I don't exactly think that that would be the case. I, I just also don't think that 
the Titans' offense is good at all. I think it's purely Derrick Henry, and if he can run guys over, that's it. But we'll move on. Monday Night Football, Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints. Ravens on the road, minus three, uh, minus one and 155 on the money line. Saints plus 130 on the money line, over under 48. Matt, go ahead. Um, I'll go with, yeah, give me Baltimore minus three. I don't, I don't know what to make of New Orleans. Dave? Baltimore minus three. Keith? Yep, same for me. Give me the home dog. New Orleans plus three. On oh, a primetime game. The Bayou is going to be going nuts. Yeah. All right. Our pick em game. Matt, where are you going? What do you got? Yeah, I've got week? what is it? It's, it's Packers Lions, right? Yes, it is. What do you have for a line on that? Because I've got. Uh, Let's I've got so when I looked at when I it's uh, Green Bay minus uh, three and a half three and a half yeah, yeah. so when I when I looked at it earlier today when I kind of put together my spreadsheet of like how I have them all lit up at the at the time it was three um give me three three and a half I'll take three and a half that's fine okay so Green Bay minus three and a half minus three and a half Detroit. Okay. Uh, Dave? Well, I look at this one and just for the joke of it, I don't think I, I'm not even going to bet the game this year again. I'm like, I'm going to bet the Packers game. Northwestern is getting 38. <laughs> Whoa. I, I guess. Uh, yeah. Ohio State. <laughs> such a, it's such a big thing. There's no money line to be able to bet on. I mean, it could be. They're getting thirty-eight at home too, which is yeah. I mean, they could they could keep it within twenty-five or so. It's possible, but it could also be thirty-eight nothing at halftime. I mean, it's uh... Dave. You know why they're not going to keep it within that close? Which we didn't even talk about. I completely missed on yeah, talking about of it. The, uh, the college football college playoff. They're number playoff. two. Tennessee sitting number one. They're gonna. Yeah, they're they're gonna... coming out for blood. Yeah. They're going to be. <laughs> That's the like, unfortunate thing for the Wildcats of Northwestern. Yeah, yeah they, there will no there'll be no taking the foot off the gas. No. I, yeah, that's a good point. I'm, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Ohio State lay in the 38. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. That, that really hurts. Uh, Keith? Well, continuing my streak of betting against Mizzou. Um, <laughs> okay, so. okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we have bet the same game the past four weeks. <laughs> well, I got to find something new real quick. Yeah, at, at this rate, yeah, I, I'm just doing it now just because, just because. Um, well, uh, so, and, and there's no way, I mean, uh, Missouri or Kentucky is a, a one point favorite in this uh game there's no way uh of course i said this last week with south carolina he said this last week. 
there's no way Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm taking Kentucky and the, uh, and the point <laughs> minus or minus one. I had the same bet, but I am going to change it just to be different. Um, have we ever seen a number one team in the country playing the number three team in the country and being on the road and being a eight and a half point underdog? Tennessee, the number one team in the country, according to the playoff prediction poll or playoff poll, is playing Georgia, the number three team in the country, according to the playoff poll, and Georgia is minus eight. Yeah, I'm thinking Tennessee might be brought back down to earth this week. Give me the Bulldogs. Big. Give me Aga minus eight. <laughs> and I could tell you, if you gave me the Alabama line of minus 13 against number 10 right now for Georgia, give me Aga. Because they are about to make a statement. Rocky Top was a nice story. Rocky Top is over. Mm-hmm. And in hookers, Heisman chances are going to go down the drain. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna end up looking Matt. It's gonna look like the Oregon game against Georgia. I'm just gonna say that right now. Okay. It's gonna be absolutely ugly. But we will uh, end it there. We'll wrap this up, and we'll chat next week after uh, we see how all of our guessing on these games went. Guessing being the operative word there. Yes, so, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, all right, guys. guys. All right. Have a good talk later. Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.